don't 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 oblige by uh, the rules and regulations which society has created you know mm-hmm. like don't do this don't do that no i am going to do this dude i am going to do it because why i i might fall you know i might not succeed you are 100% right i might not succeed you know but i really feel like doing it and i am going to do it yeah at the end actually. of the day even if i don't succeed i've got my own satisfaction but i did it i took it on hey everyone in this episode i am in conversation with kashyap He is a student at California State University Long Beach. He is studying MS in Aerospace Aeronautical and Astronautical Engineering. Uh he is a pretty cool person and uh we have talked a lot about studying in the US, dating, cultural differences, education system, space technology and a lot more. So, yeah, just uh, grab your favorite drink and uh, enjoy. Hey people what's up this is Kiran Kumar and I have Kashyap with me today uh this Welcome. is Sunday morning here in India 10 a.m and it's 8 p.m in Los Angeles yep. so Kashyap is joining me from LA Kashyap what's yeah. up man good man how you been I am good what are you drinking Drinking Monster, go Monster! It's great Mon- for hangover. <laughs> Monster, yeah. I'm having my green tea. This is my green. go-to drink during the podcast. That's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I I've tried to quit this thing like so many times. I was like, no soda. I really don't want to drink it, but just keep going back to it, man. <laughs> it's like it's so hard. Yeah, and people out there wondering why I sound different. It's like so. I moved to the US like two and a half years ago and it's like I've been so you're an aerospace engineer you know like we are not so common yeah <laughs> we are kind of exactly. unique you know so it's the same thing in US too you know there's not a lot of Indians and not a lot of um, foreign students who come here to do aerospace very small percentage of those things and when I came in here there was like in my class there was no Indians actually so i've taken three classes first semester and i've been taking three classes from last four semesters at cal state long beach and california state university long beach and there's not been a single indian i've been working uh from last one and a half years and everybody who i talk to everybody who i make conversation with is born and raised in california or some other part of us including my professors and everyone so first few months you know try to get adjusted i kind of had that feeling or probably it's just me but i really thought that you know they were having a little uh you know difficulty understanding what i was trying to say it's like the things which we say in india the phrases and just the common terminology uh it's so different in here so let's say uh speaking about some technical terms like phi right we we say phi uh when we are using math in here they say fee Ooh. it's actually fee yeah so when i said phi i raised my hand and i was like yeah cost phi and they're like what is cost phi and uh, do you mean five i was like no not five phi and then i drew <laughs> it and they're like oh you mean fee and i was like oh okay you people call it fee all right fee it is then <laughs> so uh- 
yeah it must uh, have been really difficult uh, in the initial days i guess uh, for yeah, you to so... get uh, adjusted to that environment that culture and uh, th- those accents and stuff yeah it was it was uh, it, it was tough it's like um you really want especially being in the technical field you really want your communication to be like yes you know straightforward direct which com- just gets into their head like mm-hmm. you want to make sure that your point gets you know conveyed um so i just wanted to do better and i was like okay yeah let's let's try this accent it it worked and mm-hmm. and the thing is like i still talk to my parents and a bunch of friends home the thing it just it just doesn't come and i sound really sounded really rough Okay. When I tried to speak in accent, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna stick to it. Then. <laughs> Actually, yeah. uh, the first time, very first time I saw you uh, is there's a debate competition in our college. Not the debate, the pick and speak competition in our college. Oh yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was. Yeah, by the way, people like we are from the same college. Uh, when I joined that college, he was in the fourth year. Kashyap yeah. was in the fourth year. So I participated in that pick and speak uh, uh, competition, and you were there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went before me. Uh, you picked oh, okay. up a cheat and you started talking. And I noticed that you had influence of Western accent already in your English yeah. back then. Yeah. And uh, I... your vocabulary was so good, and your points were so good. Like I was totally impressed by yeah. that. I was like, dude, who, who is this guy? <laughs> then you went on to host uh, annual event. of a college yeah. that year right yeah. Uh, yeah. that was one fucked up was, event but I <laughs> yeah i know it was it was really bad like everybody started getting on the stage and yeah, it was never like that right? we used to we used to um uh we used to host it in the other auditorium down the down the street the bigger one mm-hmm. which is on which is i think our the hospital's uh, auditorium we used to host it there and it used to be so good like all the three years before that one year it was all good you know i i actually performed in a couple of them it was it was pretty good and the fourth one i don't know and I, i just went downhill from there i don't know if it was the people i don't know if it was the small venue because of that i don't know it was bad where do they do it now though like uh, they yeah after that incident uh the next two fests were done in the big auditorium or oh, the bigger one oh that's yeah, that's a big one man it was it was a good one and the thing is like they they were saving some money the thing is like they used to have uh i think the hospitals the medical colleges uh, cultural fest the day before and they would keep the same stage and same decoration and everything and they would yeah. just hand it over to us exactly yeah. we're like the middle child who nobody cared about <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so. actually uh they were very miser they were always trying to save yeah. money and you know yeah. but yeah i didn't like that mentality yeah exactly uh, of the uh, but because students were ready to do anything like students were ready to participate they were ready to work uh yeah. but i don't think uh, the management was giving them that much freedom because yeah. they were not even getting the sponsors exactly there was no support nothing nothing like everything we were doing on our own and if you wanted to do something else they'd be like hey why don't you go around in your class ask people to contribute some money and then we can plan that and we'll be like dude really but, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it was and the thing is we had a lot of talent like from the day one i've seen you play guitar you're awesome at it hey, ranjan's doing like amazing do it yeah. like he's got his own youtube channel he's awesome i i he was my first guest actually yeah. 
Yeah, I I I I heard your podcast like day before yesterday. It was freaking awesome. Yeah, they're they're a bunch of Vinay Kumar. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's doing great, and yeah, there's so many people who can do like so good, and yeah, I think that college, our school, kind of take that, you know, took that thing from us. They they didn't support us in whatever we wanted to. I mean, I think. the bigger picture is this these are the disadvantages of studying in a tier 3 college uh, if we are in a tier 1 college or tier 2 college they understand that extra curriculars are as important as studying space, because yeah. those are the uh, events that develop communication skills and yep. uh, they teach students how to work in a team those are the vital skills like after after graduating from the college uh, none of the technical things that i learned in the college helped me to get a oh, job yeah. or do anything oh yeah yeah so it was all uh, i got a job i uh, started preparing for gra and everything every mm-hmm. i mean the communication skills the contacts that i had those are the things that helped me after college <laughs> i think I, <clears throat> i tell my younger brother uh, not younger brother my cousin Mm-hmm. that he should focus more on building his network yeah. and improving his communication skills improving mm-hmm. improving his uh, you know soft skills more than just getting a good gpa yeah gpa it doesn't really matter actually at all like the thing is um very honestly uh four years in in uh vtu it was just um external students like i would just start studying a night before that you got five chapters i don't know if it's different for you guys when when we were there it's like the old scheme uh you have five sections in a paper like you study just five units next day you go down there and each unit is like 20 20 marks 20 grades 20 points whatever it is and you just get 50 out of it and you pass and that's that's why i've got my aggregates like what 67% or something Mm-hmm. and i did not really study a lot it was like you know a day before that day before the exam we would just all get together and be like okay let's you know do this derivation and a couple of problems and next day we just go and just spit it out there and exactly. we passed <laughs> yeah even we did the same even <clears throat> our juniors did the same so yeah, it is know. it is one common thing between all the batches i guess study the night yeah. before Uh, remember the derivations that, uh the derivations which are sure to come in the exam and just yeah. go and uh, write them down and pass but yeah, i yeah. i was very very bad at academics remembering things and it it's like there's no point in it actually to be honest you know like you uh, you're you're an aerospace guy you know like that lifting line theory the thin airfoil theory and things mm-hmm. like that they're like four pages derivation man i don't remember using it once like after i graduated i don't i mean yeah of course if you want to get into research and thing you want to do a phd and you know you just want to specifically focus on that point yeah then then it makes sense to kind of dive deep in matter of fact the people who taught us that thing they really didn't know what they were teaching honestly Ooh, you know exactly, they, exactly <laughs> they <were> like, right <laughs> they were like <laughs> okay so this is the step you do this and you get a next step you do a bunch of steps and you get the answer but why do we get that answer what's the point of it right like wh- what's the physical implementation of that thing like where do we use it they don't know exactly so, yeah i mean so that yeah, the education <clears throat> the education that is being given through vtu 
mm-hmm. is not worth it at all like yeah exactly i i think uh, remembering derivations is pointless because uh, we can find those there's uh, those things are already done we have them like yeah. we should understand them we should know what it means and we should learn to apply them but i haven't seen a single i mean uh, a project or a chapter that is dedicated yeah. only towards application yeah rather than remembering things yeah yeah i think that is one of the things that is uh, that is not helping creative students yeah. that's why people are uh, choosing to go abroad because education system yeah. is much better there True. even True. i even i plan to go abroad and study a master's mm-hmm. in management i got into a college but i rejected it uh, because of various mm-hmm. reasons because i wanted to That's figure cool. out what i wanted to do okay. uh, i got into escp europe which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of the top colleges for a master's in management in europe okay mm-hmm. so yeah uh, but i wanted to figure out what i wanted to do so i just started this podcast i started my newsletter yeah. uh, i i told myself like i'll give myself some time and i'll just figure out mm-hmm. what i want to do because it's a huge investment oh. of time and money both yeah yeah that's it it is and the thing is that's the same thing uh what happened to me to like you know when i graduated i really didn't know what i wanted to do it's like you know just just uh join that group of sheep and just follow follow that direction you know you graduated and now what get a job like mm-hmm. get a job where like who's given the job you know like uh who's hiring and they're like big aerospace companies and be like hey apply here apply there isro is there and i was like okay dude isro getting into isro is not a piece of cake right you got to give an exam you got to do a bunch of things and like let let's face it dude like we were not the top 5% of the students from VTU that you know we are that talented that we just going to get placed somewhere it's like we had to work really hard and so i got into this company it was aviation sort of things just you know uh maintaining the flight schedules and things like that performing the maintenance things like mm-hmm. scheduling the maintenance of an aircraft and things like Nothing that technical uh so here's the thing so that company basically built a software suite which took care of the maintenance cycles and the flight schedules based on the number of aircrafts they had and number of crews they had you work with those things and you basically optimize the revenue of the airline like so i was working the technical part of it the software development part of it and the business side of it so now the business side of that thing business side of their job landed me a job in Amazon. Hmm. So I worked with Amazon in pricing operations and yeah, there I was like okay, so now there is nothing called aerospace in my job. Like I've completely switched streams. Yeah. Like you know, I'm, I've gone from uh, aerospace to finance and pricing and things like that it's like e-commerce you know it's like a whole separate world over there so i was like okay dude you know what i worked there for like a year and in the meantime i was like dude you know what i need to get back it's like the passion you know like it mm-hmm. really i really wanted to get back into aerospace things i was like okay i want to learn rocket science again yeah <laughs> not that i learned it but yeah i was like yeah let's let's get to it it's like you you cannot completely master the entire rocket science or aerospace industry there are people be like hey they just did aerospace engineering like bachelor's or masters and they'd be like hey i know rocket science i was like no you don't <laughs> you know there are people who literally worked their asses off for like 20 years and they still can't say that they mastered rocket science they probably mastered one part of it but that's about yeah. it you know they nobody knows the whole picture 
Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask, why did you uh, start working at Amazon after you graduated? Uh, yeah. And again, you switched back to aerospace uh, yeah. because you are passionate about, uh, I think yeah. I read your LinkedIn bio, I guess, let's colonize the Mars, uh, oh, yeah. which is, yeah. uh, do you remember this uh, international conference that happened at our college? Uh, I do. When you were in fourth year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mars Summit? Yeah, the Mars Summit. The Mars, Mars Summit. Summit. Yeah, I remember yeah. it. Uh, yeah. That had some pretty good guests on, uh, it was, on that. It was awesome. Uh, I, I'm still in touch with a, one guy. I think a bunch of people. Think, uh, his name was uh, Sean Moss. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sean Moss. Australian, right? Yeah, the Australian yeah. dude. Uh, pretty good dude. I really didn't understand what he was trying to do. But <laughs> yeah, his book is great. I read it. Oh, and he really talks about a lot of things why we should go to Mars, basically, an outline of Elon Musk is what Elon Musk is doing. You know, it's like mm-hmm. um, there's a bunch of reasons we should move to Mars, and yeah. like you know, it's it's just a huge thing. Like, uh, but the main reason is people really think that Earth is not gonna be sustainable enough to sustain a human population anymore, mm-hmm. and so environment's going to get harsh and it's just better to be interplanetary species that's that's what yep. elon musk believes and that's what a lot of people believe so mm-hmm. uh yeah that's that's so that was there was one guy who i'm in touch with then there's one more dude who i was really impressed with uh he is the one who uh trained kind of neil armstrong his name was ken johnston yeah and remember and yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know if he was there for his speech I was uh, there. I was there. You were there? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but he literally pulled out an access card to Area 51. Whoa. During really? I, yeah. I, mean, I remember yeah. one guy asked question, what's in the Area 51? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he didn't answer it though, but I, I no, know he pulled out he an pulled... access card. Actually, he Seriously? pulled out an access card that says access to Area 51. And he literally sure. passed around to a uh, few people in the front rows. I was mind boggled. I was like, what in the fuck is that? I was, Shit, I was like, wow. it's like, you know, Area 51, the biggest conspiracy uh, conspiracy of like human history. Yeah. America has been denying its existence. You know, it never existed. And out of out of the blue, they just come up, wake up one day and be like, hey, yeah, you know, we've got Area 51 right here in Nevada and yeah. we are doing some research on it. So people ask, like, are there aliens? And then they're like, no, there are no aliens. We are just developing some Air Force aircrafts, which is a bigger bullshit. I don't know, whatever it is, but yeah, they, Americans are really good at keeping secrets, man. They are really good yeah. at keeping secrets. So yeah, when he pulled out the access card to area 51, I was like, damn it, this guy is awesome. Like really, I was yeah. like, wow, that's, that's something, you know? And yeah, so that was, those are the two people I remember from that conference. It was, it was really nice. And the thing is, I really give all the credits to our HOD. Uh, Elangoan, yeah, he is one heck of a (laughs) he is my inspiration, like, really good person. And what he has achieved, his contacts, and things like that, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's he's great. And I think that aerospace department was where it was because of him. (laughs) I really admire him. Uh, one funny thing is, there were people in the crowd during uh. Uh, that NASA scientist's speech. I, I I I didn't get his name by the way. I, what was his name? Ken. Uh, Ken Ken Johnston. Ken J-O-A-N. Johnston. Yeah, Ken S-T-O-N. Johnston. During his speech, yeah. people were like openly denying moon landing. 
Oh yeah, that, that's bullshit. <laughs> I know. That's right? complete bullshit. You know, it's like a guy has flown all the way from United States and he's here in front of you guys. You're just making fun of him. That's <laughs> well. <laughs> Conspiracy theories are a big thing these days. You know, I just watched a movie actually yesterday, uh, Moonfall. I don't know if you if you've no, seen the trailer of it or something. Uh, yeah, there there's this movie. It's a complete bullshit though. Uh, they believe that Moon is alien technology and it's artificially made oh, planet, shit. and it's kind of hollow inside of it. You should watch that movie. It's the thing is, um, it portrays. So what? What I mean. Spoiler alert, it's like what they're trying to do is, uh, what they're trying to tell is uh, there were uh, our ancestors who built artificial intelligence. And one day artificial intelligence got so big, it grew and they were, you know, they just denied to be enslaved by humans. So they're like, okay, you know, fuck you humans, we are out of this place. And so they destroyed the whole humankind. And there are like some ancestors left, they made moon and they put it in Earth's orbit. and it's like a giant uh, mega structure inside of it. And it's powered by a uh, hydrogen star. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's what they said. I don't know what it's, it's powered by some star, Neptune star, hydrogen star, some, some star. Uh, and artificial intelligence kind of reaches the moon, goes inside of it and shuts down the power source. So moon kind of shifts from its orbit and gets closer and closer to earth. And the waves get bigger and everything gets destroyed on Earth. And then some people fly to moon and kill artificial intelligence and moon goes back into its orbit. That's the whole movie. It's such a big bullshit. Okay. So such this a is bullshit. The, I know. This is the kind of conspiracy theories people believe in. And I've actually met a few people who believe that moon is actually an alien-made structure. It's not natural. In real yeah, life, right? you have met people who believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those there are people, flat earthers, are I guess. There are documentaries on National Geography, I guess. Ancient Aliens. Mm. I think that's what it's called. Uh, ancient Aliens. Yeah, you should look it up. Uh, it's they, they literally believe that the gods, which we refer to like mm. our gods, were nothing but aliens who our ancestors saw. And they, you know, so one of the reasons why they, so these people, they're a bunch of Americans who went down to India, southern part of it. And you know how we have that dome? Um, yeah. Gopuram, right? Gopuram yeah. is what we call it. So they yeah. say that it's a rocket shaped dome because, you know, they saw these aliens, excuse me, uh, go and come back in that rocket ship. And they did not know what they were seeing. So they had to describe it. And that's what they called the home of the gods. And that's why they shaped it like that. You know, okay. because they they kind of resemble a rocket ship. And they said that there are flames coming out of it and things like that, which were nothing but the rocket engines. That's what that's what these people have come up with. I mean, there are a bunch of conspiracy theories around a lot of things. You wouldn't know what's true, what is true and what is not. Exactly. Is, yeah, but yeah, that's that's what people have come up with. So I watched that movie. You should watch it. I mean, it's kind of interesting, you know, and since you are the person who kind of knows aeronautics and aerospace science, you'd find it really funny. So it's more of a comedy <laughs> than a sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi movie. For yeah. other people would be astonished, like, wow, is this I know, yeah, like, Whoa, that's cool. And they just, you know, uh, uh, get a space shuttle from a museum and they fly it. And I was like, dude, that's such a bullshit. You know, you can't just pick up a space shuttle from a museum and just fly to Earth's orbit. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. 
But yeah, that's, that's what people believe in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Like, can you give me three reasons why one should go to US and study aerospace engineering? Uh, okay. So the first and foremost reason uh, I would say, so it kind of varies, you know, and the difficulty of people uh, coming to the United States can vary from person to person, you know. So for some people, it's very easy. If they've got a lot of money, they can just come to the US and do it. Some people who really have to struggle, take up bank loans and things like that and come to the US. So my personal reason to come to the United States was uh, the technology, right? They've got amazing uh, technology here. And basically, I'll be completely honest, I really didn't know a like a lot about, you know, United States colleges and how their education system works or anything like that before I actually came here. But mm -hmm. after I got here, it was just, you know, a mainstream thing. Like everybody goes to US for MS, you know, let's let's go see, check it out. And I had a bunch of options. I could have gone to France, could have gone to UK, mm -hmm. but uh, it's like all of those places have uh, their own uh, pros and cons. And US also has their its own yeah. pros and cons, you know? So I, I applied in a bunch of universities in US and I thought if I get it, I'm just gonna go. So while I was working at Amazon, because basically I've had enough, I was like, you know, I'd had enough. I was like, you know what, dude, I've had enough and I really wanna get back to aerospace things. Mm. And it, it's like, you know, you see an aircraft, it's still to this day, you know, like you see an aircraft flying low, I stand there and I look at it and I admire it. I There's know, right, yeah. <laughs> There are some people who were like, such an idiot, you know? Have you never seen an aircraft before? I was like, dude, I've seen aircraft more than you've ever seen it, okay? Like, <laughs> we work on that thing. Yeah. But the thing is just just the way it operates, just the way the whole engineering part of it comes together. It's fascinating, exactly. you know? Like, tons of aluminum just flying up in the air. That's It's, it's great. So yeah. that was the motivation behind it. So I came to the United States, all right? And here's the so thing. So one is technology technology yeah hmm. so uh so i come to the united states and the first thing is they'd be like hey uh have you chosen your classes i was like what do you mean chosen your classes like do i get to choose what classes i take they're like yeah you get to choose Ooh. what classes you take so here's the wild part of it you have a list of 15 classes offered every semester under aerospace category right it hmm. varies from artificial intelligence is also a part of an aerospace degree uh, machine learning and it could be you know control systems or aer aerodynamics or fluid dynamics or structures of manufacturing processes a bunch of things mm -hmm. so there are 15 classes offered every semester and they kind of differ based on so here's the thing they don't have a specific faculty which works for just one university so they we do have core staff members some mm -hmm. professors who've been working with california state in University of Long Beach from like 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. And they've got their own laboratory and things like that. Uh, but the thing is, it's like they do bring in visiting faculty who just teach one subject for one semester. So I took up one class about space vehicle de designs from a guy who has been working for NASA from last 60 years. Yeah. Ooh. He is 80 years old, dude. He's 80 years old. And he got into NASA when he was 20 years old and he's been working ever since. It's like Shit. he's seen NASA grown so big and he had amazing knowledge. Like things he would share with us were like just blow your mind completely. 
So wow. he just taught that one subject for one semester and then boom, he retired. He, he, he just, I don't know if he retired or something. He just never came back to our school was the point. Whoa. So we do have this visiting faculty and things like that who just teach for one semester and go. But the point is uh, we get a list of 15 classes every semester, 10 to 15. And you can actually choose three classes from all 15 classes of your choice. Whatever oh class God. you want to take, you take those. And you study those three classes for that one semester. You master that thing. And then you go forward next semester. Then you will see a different set of 10, 15 classes. The next semester, you can choose three different classes. You cannot repeat the class, basically. You, know, so, you have to choose yeah. different classes every semester. But the best part is they're letting you choose. They're not imposing it upon you that, hey, you know what? you have to study this no matter what happens. Like there are some classes in our undergrad which were completely irrelevant, you know, I really did. So let's say uh, exactly. if I wanna if I wanna be in structures, I really need some basics of aerodynamics, but I really don't have to dive deep into it, hmm. you know? So that's that was one great thing about doing masters in the United States that you can choose what classes you study, you know? So you can customize your semester according to your yeah. interest. Yeah. Yeah, there that is the case people. with uh, even management degree uh, that I was planning to go. Mm -hmm. So you can customize your semester. I think uh, in the Western education education system, I think uh, this is what makes it stand out from the Eastern yeah. education system. Yeah. So, so yeah, probably second thing is that, that you have a lot more freedom on what you're going to study hmm. and not university imposing those things on you. Like, you know, you like it or not, you've got to take this. No. I mean, there are mandatory classes. There are two mandatory classes in aerospace engineering, but those are math, like complete basic math of uh, differential equations and things like that, hmm. which are going to help you understand the deeper concepts. So hmm. only two classes are mandatory. So everybody who is graduating through aerospace engineering from Cal State Long Beach, they have to take those two classes for sure. And the rest eight classes, it's, it's up to you when you want to take it, which ones you want to take it. And the thing is, there's no... What do you call it? There's no limit that you have to complete your master's in two years or you don't have to, you have to complete your master's in four years. If I can. So the thing is, the requirement to graduate is 30 units. So you can actually do it if you're capable of it. You can actually do it in one year and just get over with it. Wow. And if you want to do it for four years, you can still do it for four years. You know, just just keep taking more classes and then you can study and just grow your knowledge basically nobody's gonna judge you that hey a two-year degree took you four years no it's nothing like that so that's the second thing like you can customize your education you can customize what you study you have way more freedom that Third is thing, yeah. awesome uh yeah. i wish that was the case in india but that oh, certainly yeah. is not right it's not yeah. at least i think no i i believe i really i really uh get their point of uh, you know, imposing some classes on us because if they are giving us that degree of aeronautics or aerospace, mm -hmm. they really want us to have a fair knowledge of all the concepts out there. So whatever, like if I was, I mean, I'm not that big, but you know, if I was in that uh, syllabus making committee or whatever they have, mm -hmm. I would do first two years in general concepts or general classes you want to, you know, you want people to take. And the last two years, or last one year at least, you just let them decide what they want to study. You know, if first two years they studied everything, thermodynamics, structures, aerodynamics, everything, right? Hmm. And then 
I like I love structures. So from third year, I'm just gonna study structures, you know, because mm. I love that thing so much, and I'm gonna master it. Uh, so, they should have faculty who are qualified enough. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, that, that's very true. That's the thing is, I've seen this. Uh, a lot of people become teachers because they don't get any job. They be like, hey, you know what? We tried in the industry, we didn't get any job, so I'm gonna be a teacher. No, dude. Yes. You're gonna ruin other futures. You know, I I've seen lecturers who came like obviously it's case with most of the lecturers that yeah. right after graduation they jump into teaching without any mm-hmm. industry experience. Uh, I don't think that's the case uh, with Western education. You get uh, you get to learn from people who have industry experience who know what is actually going on right now in the industry. In the industry, and uh, I've also heard that there are some companies and uh, uh, some you know labs or something they customize the semester for certain colleges like they mm, yeah. do the subjects yep. what subjects to teach and what concepts mm-hmm. to teach because those things are relevant some of yeah. the things that we learned in a bachelor's are redundant like they oh, are yeah. not being used anywhere right now okay. Yeah, so that sure. is one of the things. I think we go deep into aerospace. Yeah, into that thing, aerospace. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Let's talk a little bit about uh, culture, something in general. Like, what so, what are some of the things, uh, some of the differences, major differences that you saw between Indian and American culture in your experience? Yeah. So the first thing you're gonna come, you're gonna notice when you come to US is like uh, less people very less people and I believe that uh, you can uh, handle or run the city or the country better if you have less people actually Mm. you know so I I wouldn't say that America is amazing in a way that you know everything's just great it's because they have less people and they can manage this better Mm. right Uh, the first thing I noticed is Everybody is actually very friendly. I mean, this can vary from place to place, mm-hmm. right? If you go to New York, it's not the case. People in California uh, are really laid back. And the great thing is like, you know, you 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 meet somebody in the morning, complete stranger. You'd be like, hey, what's up? How's, how's it going? They ask you that. And you Whoa. actually don't know what to say. And they were like, hey, dude, I'm, I'm good. Uh, how have you been? And they were like, yeah, I'm good. And it's like, you know, the the way they greet everybody they want to know what's going on in your life and not being creepy you know mm-hmm. and they're they're great they're like extremely friendly uh they want to they want to support you in whatever you do and another thing is i've also seen uh i did my bachelor's there are people who supported me there are people who you could see that didn't want me to succeed you know in mm-hmm. in us you also have that kind of people but majority of the people really want you to succeed. They'll do anything to help you out, mm-hmm. you know? So when I first came here, like um, I had a couple of classes which involved MATLAB programming and Python programming uh, extensively. And I didn't know anything about it. And I don't have sufficient time. In the second week, I have an assignment due and I don't know anything about it. And this guy, he steps up to me and he was like, hey, Cash, they call me Cash here because they can't pronounce <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, hey, Cash, what's going on? Are you struggling with it? And I was like, yeah. He was like, here, here's my assignment. Just don't copy it. Try to understand what's going on and just make your own version of it. But he literally handed out his whole assignment to me. Wow. For, you know, for me to sub- turn it in. 
I mean, so, that's quite common thing in India, but uh, <laughs> in yeah, US. it's like no, when like there are some people who really don't want you to, uh, you know, uh, get yeah. as you know that th- that kind of grade which mm-hmm. they are getting. And here it's like everybody's so laid back, and you know they want you to learn actually, mm-hmm. and they'll spend some time in teaching you. Hey, you know what? Uh, you don't know this. Okay, why don't we spend like a couple of hours on a Zoom call, and I'm gonna teach you what it is, and. Mm-hmm. That's one one of the things uh, I noticed. Another thing is, uh, yeah, cities are beautiful. California is actually really beautiful. Uh, it's like, you know, you got perfect beaches here and LA. It's like cost of living is a little more compared to Indian cities, but you make more money. So, you know, it's kind of evens yeah, out. That's but, balanced. Yeah, it's balanced. And uh, uh, if you know there there are some people who'll be like hey would you like now if you're not gonna want to go back to india well that's not the case uh if i had to or you know if i want to i would go back to india and make a living there you know it's like there's there's nothing wrong with living in india it's like a perfect chaos you know i love bangalore for that matter you know that's yeah. that's the city i really want to if i retire and really want to have a laid-back life i'm gonna go to bangalore because it it's got everything it's got everything you need and that Bang, city is beautiful yeah that city has given me everything i have right now you know i i owe it to that place it's like when i came back from ahmedabad to mm. bangalore i was just a stupid kid who didn't know a lot and uh, yeah and bangalore gave me a lot of knowledge experience it kind of you know showed me a way of living mm. and uh, yeah it's so that's that's one thing which is great uh apart from that i i don't really i don't really see a lot of differences between you know california and us another thing is cars are really common you know in india having a car is a big thing and here it's not it's like everybody has a car you just go around that's it's a good thing yeah. like riding a motorcycle here is extremely dangerous oh. uh yeah it's like everybody the speed limits are like 70 miles an hour 70 mm-hmm. miles an hour is roughly around 120 kilometers an hour so everybody's going 20 30 miles above the speed limit so everybody is driving at least 100 kilometers an hour everywhere you know so if oh. you're riding a bike and if somebody hits you there are really less chances of you surviving unless you're wearing like really really good gear you know yeah like you have great helmet on and things like that then it's good but i've still seen people getting like really bad, bad bodily injuries when they uh, were involved in a crash uh, in a motorcycle <laughs> so that's why cars are really common in here which is a good thing i never drove in india i'd never driven a car when i got here i got my first car i started driving around here and it was it was beautiful i liked it you yeah know, i never thought that you could afford a car just like that so that's one that's one good thing about here and what's the what's the one one indian thing that you wish america had interesting uh let me see let me think about it. there's there's a bunch of things i really want to say something which you can say a bunch of things also <laughs> it doesn't have yeah. to be one thing the food first of all you know uh, like, i was expecting that <laughs> food is like and i'm a vegetarian so i really don't have a lot of options around here so i cook for myself but uh food in india is just awesome and i and think that's a heaven for vegetarians oh yeah oh yeah and part of the reason is like you know bangalore kind of spoiled me because 
Bangalore has everything. Like you want a Thai food in the middle of the night. You just, I, I used to live in Indranagar yeah. and that had everything over there. So it's like, you know, you're craving anything at like 12 o'clock in the night. You go out there and you get it or you just order it and somebody's going to come and give it to you. So that was a great yeah. thing. In here, it's, we don't have a lot of options, you know, and a lot of people eat a lot of beef from mm -hmm. here because beef is like their everyday choice of mm -hmm. meat. Like the way people eat chicken in India, the beef is, is, is like that. It's, it's really common. Yeah. Another thing is they're developing this artificial meat. So it tastes like meat, but is completely made from plants. Oh. So yeah, I've been using yeah. it. It's pretty good. It tastes good. <laughs> I, I, I've seen uh, advertisements of that meat, yeah. but I never tried it. The Beyond Meat. It's, it's pretty good. I mean, I've never tried the actual meat, but the Beyond Meat thingy, the artificial meat, it's, it's pretty good. I like it. Mm -hmm. so food is the thing food, right? yeah food and yeah another thing is uh, oh boy that's <laughs> i think that's about it uh what else uh, almost everything else is better over there i guess the yeah. roads the yeah. buildings the the buildings people the are very friendly that's the one thing because yeah. in india if you go and strike up a conversation with a stranger especially of opposite gender you come out oh, as yeah. a creep oh yeah oh yeah exactly exactly that's that's the thing like you know people are not going to judge you basically mm. but i maybe i might be wrong uh in different parts of us uh mm. california i've been to let's say i've been to california oregon uh washington nevada Mm -hmm. and new york new jersey i've been to like seven eight states around here and everywhere i've i've found that i've never been to like that countryside of united states texas. Uh, dakota or yeah texas i mean texas is growing texas got a lot of indians there a lot oh. of indians yeah even in california we've got a lot of indians it got and the one thing i've seen is uh and i'm just putting it out there okay uh i know money is not important uh and the motive behind your podcast is making it and you know what wh what do you how do you define the definition of success mm -hmm. i wouldn't say making a lot of money makes you successful mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say that money is not important money is very important you know you should have money honestly you yeah, know if you have money you get that certain freedom you can do whatever you want and you don't have to be constrained constrained with anything mm -hmm. so yeah. And I think that, uh, so usually pay scale of Americans is somewhere around like $50,000 to like $100,000, $150,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And the people who are making the, I think the top 10% of Americans who are making the most money, I would say at least 70% of them are Indian Americans. Ooh. Indians have made a fortune lot of money in the United States. You go to sure. any place, you see a fancy car, a BMW 7 Series, you'll see a Bentley, you'll see an Aston Martin, you'll see Mercedes and BMWs are like very common in here, like extremely mm -hmm. common. Like you'd see a junkie driving a BMW C-Class or E-Class, you know, it's, it's, it's very common in here. Um, but if you see a really luxurious car like Rolls, Rolls Royces and things like that, there are really high chances that an Indian guy owns that one because... We are so good in computer technologies. Mm -hmm. We are so good at it. So if anybody who listens to the, this, this podcast and if they're planning to come to the United States and if they have still not enrolled in their bachelor's degree, 
I strongly recommend that they do they learn computer science. And mm -hmm. even if you don't learn computer science, please, please, please learn how to code. You know, coding is extremely important, essential in any field you go. When I finished my bachelor's, I never thought I'm gonna have to code. But mm -hmm. when I got here, I've been coding from last two years. I've learned Python basically, and I do my programming in MATLAB. And it's been extremely helpful and basics of C++. C++ so, learn how to code, everybody. Yeah. Coding, yeah, even mm -hmm. I'm planning to learn Python, yeah. you know, but... Yeah. Uh, it's very easy. It's, it's very engineering friendly. You know, even if you never coded in your life, mm -hmm. never written a program, Python is way to go. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really easy. You can get hang of it really quickly, very soon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, learn programming. Programming is the key. To success especially yeah. if you want to come to west coast yeah we are very lucky as a generation because we have so many resources in our early 20s or mid 20s yeah i know yeah and those people uh there's a term for it actually they call digitally native people they are yeah. basically into that digital thing so we are like we were in kind of transition phase right um hmm. when we were born uh we didn't know what technology basically is like we got our hands on smartphone really late I yeah. mean, basically, I'm talking about myself. Like, I got my first smartphone when I when I actually joined uh, college, so that was like age of seventeen or something, right? Same. Yeah, and and these people right now seen like a four year old, a five year old playing games on iPads, you yeah. know, and and their parents, that stupid. I think that's complete stupidity of parents to just give a kid who is three or four years old uh, an iPad to mm -hmm. just keep it distracted. You know, like, okay, I'm just going to give it an iPad so it doesn't cry. And I was like, <laughs> dude, no, look at it. And the guy actually has the iPad right here. So it's like fucking up his eyes, you know? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that's not a way to grow your child. Yeah. And they kind of get disconnected from their parents. Uh, this is what uh, Gary we talked about in one of his podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, parents give their children iPad or something to keep them distracted and uh, yeah. make them stop crying. They don't actually talk and listen to them. And yeah. parents and children grow apart as the time passes. And when the kid reaches uh, 18 or 20 years, yeah. they just stop caring about parents and they, yeah, yeah, parents they stop start blaming the child. Yeah. But it's yeah. actually the parents who did that to that child. That's, they that's their parenting method was that way so yeah that's that's one thing i've noticed in the united states you know when we are talking about the cultural differences we are extremely connected to our parents you know and i really yeah. want so so uh here's the thing you know like no matter how much of money i make or whatever it is uh if my parents are not happy with it i don't think i've actually made it in my life i don't think i've succeeded you know you you want your parents to be happy you want your parents to live a really happy life and then here when you say that you are living with your parents, they really judge you. Be like, oh, you're still living at your mom's? Hmm. And be like, yeah, well, dude, my parents are going to stay with me no matter how old I get, you know? So that's that's one thing I love about India. Like the way we respect our parents and elderly, hmm. And, you know, we really want to support them. We really want to be there for them. That's hmm. not the thing. That's not the case in here. It's like here, the thing is, okay, so one, one of the backsides, I mean, now one of, bad things about uh western culture is that that their relationships are really fragile you know it's like you're dating somebody right now you got two kids with them and then you just break up you move on to some with somebody else and you know basically your 
you there are really high chances that you are going to be a single parent or mm-hmm. the guy you are or the girl you are marrying to or dating might not support your kids things like that so a lot of uh friends of mine mm-hmm. who i know they all have separated parents you know and that has caused some kind of trauma in their childhood because they have to go through that process you know one day they are living with their mom the other day they live with their dad then a new guy comes in the picture a stepdad or stepmom and things i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's it's a good thing but you know because your parent is getting to choose who they want to stay with you know but at the same time like you really want because my parents played a really important life part in my in my life you know they motivated me they encouraged me to do what i'm doing right now mm-hmm. so i feel that it wouldn't be same if i had to you know if i was going through bunch of parents you know yeah. going out <laughs> bunch like, of parents you know, yeah i'm calling this guy a dad today <laughs> and after a year i'm going to have a new dad a stepdad i don't think it would have been the same so i think i like this i i i like indian culture in that way that we stick to one guy for or one girl for the life which which is a good thing i mean you you everybody has dated a bunch of girls and bunch of guys you know like i'm not saying it's a bad thing you experiment right you mm-hmm. you date few people and then you settle with one guy mm-hmm. and you don't uh you know separate until unless things go like really really bad and you know it's just yeah, going to help your child have a stable life so that's one good great thing about it yeah actually i was going to come to that as i wanted to ask how's the dating scene for uh, indians in the us uh i've i've found it uh pretty easy actually you know there's Whoa. a lot of people who have never dated when they were in india and they've got like girlfriends here and <laughs> yeah and interracial i don't know there's there's a lot of americans um who kind of find indian men attractive Ooh. they they really think that we are really good looking and yeah <laughs> you you can date a bunch of people around here you know it's it's like pretty laid back oh. it's like you go club hopping you meet somebody you date them for you can even date them for like a night like to have a one night <laughs> stand move, yeah. move, move forward yeah uh yeah it's it's pretty laid back uh yeah and dude the, so the place i live in i live in la it's like you know the party capital we got hollywood here yeah so I've seen all kinds of things. <laughs> it's 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 really good. I mean, you know, it's fun, but it's cringe at, you know, some points in times. It's like it gets bad, dude, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like hard to find that people. connection, right? Connection. Yeah, yeah. It's not there. So usually I what I've seen is like people uh, there's like people would just go around, you know, uh dating bunch of americans and things like that but at the end of the day they want to just marry to an indian girl or something and mm-hmm. settle and we got a, like in los angeles basically los angeles is i can say that for the whole us nobody who stays in us is from us you know everybody is an immigrant here basically yeah. some people moved in moved in the united states earlier some people late there some people who whose parents or grandparents moved to the united states from a uh, europe asia or place like that so in la you'll see a lot of mexicans uh latinos mm. you know? yeah they're really good looking people yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's quite hard actually yeah yeah so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty great uh yeah i love that in here and yeah, dating dating is a good thing yeah 
that, that's yeah. awesome you're giving a lot of hope uh <laughs> to the boys who <laughs> to a lot of people out there right yeah so yeah i mean uh so how how long do you think we should we we, we have so based on that i can include a couple of topics which i wanted to talk about we can go on for as long as we want because i'm yeah. going to post it as one two i mean three okay, parts cool. or two parts or something okay. like that okay cool so it doesn't really matter yeah so the one of the important parts uh, i want to talk about for people who are going to watch this thing is um if you really want to do something in life uh do something which is going to make difference to other people you know uh it's like or do something which is going to come handy which is going to improve your knowledge don't do something to just make money i mean you have to secure one stream of income which is going to be stable mm-hmm. things like that so here's the thing you know we we live in world of uncertainties it's like we we never know uh what tomorrow holds things like that so i've i've been uh researching a lot of astrophysics stuff mm-hmm. and I've known this uh, I don't know if people or viewers or listeners or you have heard about uh torrid meteor stream so earth actually passes through a torrid meteor stream meteors are basically uh the interstellar yeah. objects which enter earth's atmosphere uh we we pass that stream twice a year and the meteors are extremely you know like they they vary in sizes hmm. some meteors can be a couple of feet and some meteors can be as big as a whole city hmm. and we've had uh, documentations and incidents in the past so usually anything which enters earth's atmosphere kind of gets burnt up due to the friction right but there are some uh if if meteor is like extremely big it can make it through the atmosphere and impact earth's surface and that impact can be devastating and there is a meteor uh scientists who are experimenting and try to you know analyze the patterns of when meteors hit the earth mm-hmm. but if so we we've we've been talking about you know everybody knows about ice age right mm-hmm. there was an ice age and then there was a younger dryas uh look these things up even if you don't know about these things mm-hmm. but they had something to do with uh the meteor impacts on earth so they're really and earth passes through that torrid meteor stream twice in a year Ooh. so it's to put it in perspective uh if it's a six lane highway mm-hmm. and it's completely filled with traffic mm-hmm. imagine you driving from one side of the road to the other side of the road like crossing six lanes with your eyes closed and Ooh. just pray that you don't hit another car the chances of that not happening is really slim you know you are going to hit another car so the probability of earth hitting a meteor uh twice a year is the same probability of you crossing that six lane highway with your eyes oh, shit so we can and that happens twice a year uh i think mid october and mid november mm-hmm. uh, so if and uh if a meteor hits the earth surface it mm-hmm. can actually take out a whole city or a whole country or a whole continent if it's big enough so there is media research group who have been researching this meteor showers and things like that so you would not know if just next november a meteor is just going to enter earth's atmosphere and destroy the whole population so i would really say that live your life you know and pray that things like that never happen but it's really highly likely you cannot just neglect that fact 
Look it up. You know, I would I would suggest anybody who is listening this thing, look it up online, read about it, and you you'll find a lot of informative stuff about mm-hmm. that thing. Uh, yeah, it's like, and I would say that a lot of technology has to be diverted in developing some defense mechanism. You know, a missile or something to destroy mm-hmm. if in case a meteor actually enters Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, there, there's this uh, concept called momento mori uh, mm-hmm. in Stoic philosophy. Uh, so Stoicism is something that I've been reading a lot about, getting to know a lot okay. about. Mm-hmm. So every day, one should remember that his or her day are days are limited. Yeah, and start doing whatever they want to do right now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so just to put it in one line, just don't have any regrets when you see a huge rock. Yeah falling towards you from the sky right that's 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 exactly you just summed up whatever i said yeah you know it's so so that's what i said don't get into this mainstream thing uh that you're gonna grow old you just you know just you just finish your uh primary and secondary education then you go to college get a bachelor's degree get a master's degree and then work and things like that so the thing is, when when I finished my bachelor's degree, when I enrolled into my master's degree, I really did not know about these things. You know, it's like uh, when you learn these things growing up. And mm-hmm. now that I know these things, I really want other people to know that, you know, it's you do four years in bachelor's, you spend 10 lakh rupees on it. And at the end of the day, you are not, you know, assured with getting a job, which is going to pay you back that 10 lakhs. Yeah. So put that money and dedication and that four years worth of time somewhere else and do something great with your life. You know, don't get stuck up in this mainstream mentality. There are people who will be like, hey, you did the same. But yeah, I didn't know about it. You know, mm-hmm. now that I know, I would and not. You're still young. Me. You have a lot of time and yeah. you have this knowledge. Like you can yeah, do exactly. whatever you want from here. Yeah. Right. True. So, yeah. yeah, do. Yeah. So, so, and, and, uh, being an aerospace person, I really want us to be an interplanetary species, you know, and I've been developing a propulsion system, which is green, basically, like, you know, uh, doesn't pollute the Earth's environment to keep and sustain the Earth's environment. Like ammonia is considered to be one of the green fuels, like one of the most uh, research green fuels. And that's what I'm studying right now, how to make it as a fuel. The thing is the efficiency of ammonia is nowhere near the efficiency of hydrocarbons, which are being used right now. Mm -hmm. So I've got to make ammonia efficient. And we've been publishing a lot of papers, a lot of research been going on with that Mm -hmm. so that we can replace hydrocarbon with ammonia. I think it's going to reduce the size of a fuel tank. uh, Uh, Yeah, it actually actually depends uh, on what you're using it with. So here's the thing, you know, fuel and oxidizer, both the things have to be... uh, uh, compatible. So right now we are just concentrating on the fuel part of the rocket power system. Uh, we really don't know what we're going to use as an oxidizer. We can just mm. use, uh, you know, liquid oxygen or something, but we don't know if it's going to ignite properly. That kind of, you know, yeah, uh, varies yeah, yeah. the tank size, but yeah, uh, it, the carbon footprint of that thing is going to be way lower. Mm-hmm. than using a hydrocarbon which is gonna impact the so right now you know you see uh spacex launching uh satellites and things like that in orbit like every couple of months or every month and it's gonna just you know increase 
the frequency is going to increase. Like there are going to be launches every 10 days or 15 days because uh, Blue Origin, Virgin mm -hmm. Galactic and SpaceX, all three of them want to make space transportation, like commercialized space transportation, right? Mm -hmm. So they want to just give access to space to normal people, people like us, mm -hmm. if you're ready to pay and bring the cost down. Right now, Blue Origin is doing, you know, uh, commercial space flights. So it's like you pay, but I think it's like $50 million or something. So it's the price is like really high. Wow. So only the rich, rich people can afford it. They're trying to uh, bring the cost down. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot more people being sent to space. That means more and more fuel. And the yeah. more fuel you burn, your footprint, the carbon footprint, the more it's going to fuck up the atmosphere, basically, you know, to yeah. put it in the same place. So I've been working with the moon, uh, with a couple of professors at Cal State Long Beach and uh, Dr. Peterson at uh, University of Texas Austin, and we are trying to develop this uh, ammonia-based fuel mm -hmm. to sustain the rocket projects, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I mean uh, that's you know some of that's that's what I believe is my contribution towards uh, better Earth, mm -hmm. basically. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not even like a fraction of that. Like there's a lot of people who are putting in a lot of effort uh, into making Earth a better place to live, basically for our children and their children. But yeah. Yeah. You, you, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. But, right. Oh, oh, uh, oh. I find this uh, a little funny. Actually, there's mm -hmm. this one uh, story I want to tell. Uh, mm -hmm. When I was in third year of my engineering, uh, we had a subject called uh, management, engineering management oh, okay. or something, right? Uh -huh. So uh, uh, Albert uh, was taking that class for us. I remember uh, that guy. Yeah. So <laughs> he wanted us to have a debate. So mm -hmm. he asked us for a topic. Uh -huh. uh, I'm telling this because uh, you talked about space research, right? So I'm, I, I think space research is should be like mainstream it should uh, everybody should contribute to it so i proposed a topic which was actually a hot topic uh mm -hmm. the topic was should more money be spent on space research or not so typically what do you expect in an aeronautics class uh, uh -huh. 60 students studying aeronautical engineer engineering mm -hmm. and 90 percent mm -hmm. of them have abdul kalam as their idol oh yeah okay? I saw out of 54 people or something, only uh -huh. 10 of us supported space research. No way. You're kidding. Yes. Really? That, that, yeah, oh, that was the fuck is going to pay your salary, dude. <laughs> I know, right? For around 44 people went to the other side. Like we should not spend more money on space yeah. research. And their points was, and I was totally into the debate. I was like, satellites are helping us, uh, you know, in Google maps and stuff so yeah, yeah. you can get directions whenever wherever you want the counterpoint was okay dude you are showing us roads but the roads are not right build the roads first i'm like dude what that's not I even mean, a, that's not yeah, even yeah, a point yeah. i mean i'm not saying take away budget from civil people I like know, civil right? people get all us just passed one trillion dollar bill to make the infrastructure better i'm not saying don't give money to them but yeah you should definitely put some more money to space research than you are already putting exactly exactly that's, that's messed up though yeah that, and uh, i told them uh, have you watched the movie armageddon uh, 
none of them had watched that movie oh, that's crazy yeah, none of them had watched <laughs> that movie yeah and Damn. they don't understand the scale that we are talking in i am talking about the survival of the species here oh yeah and, and they are fucking worried about the road yeah <laughs> they're like oh, okay man. there are so many natural calamities happening there are floods there's a flood at the, at at that time in karnataka yeah exactly so, yeah exactly like so, do you know what is it happening yeah i i told them like without satellites you wouldn't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. so you can prevent it mm-hmm. the counterpoint was dude if we do that we we won't have any money to uh, give it to flood uh, uh, what is that relief fund like why 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 kill people and then give relief you know just just prevent that killing you know prevent that flood i know that's, that that is extremely you know wild that a class full of aeronautics students are going to say that don't give money to us like don't yeah. give money to space, space research, research. <laughs> i found it funny. yeah exactly the, and their best point which got a lot of cheers was dude we don't know what's happening on earth what would you do learning what's happening on uh, the mars oh man that's that's nuts it's like uh if if something were to happen like so there's there's a model right like there's a bunch of models which uh, predicts what earth's atmosphere is going to look like down the line 50 years 60 years and none of them say that earth is going to be the way it is right now it's not going to be habitable you know you have to move to another planet or drastically improve the way we live you know like eliminate uh petrol cars diesel cars go electric completely yeah. and and that's how it's going to be possible which so in america tesla is a big thing I mean Tesla is a big thing everywhere but <laughs> yeah but in America is like extremely uh widely used you'll mm-hmm. see a Tesla really often like bunch of people have Teslas here so that's one contribution of these you know uh, these people towards the earth's climate that they are burning less fuel mm-hmm. and which is reducing the carbon dioxide emission into the atmosphere and a bunch of people have come up with like uh Chevrolet, uh, Ford and GM the General Motors everybody mm-hmm. is launching their version of electric car and you know when Tata is yeah Tata is doing it so so i think that uh India should definitely focus on making electric car the next thing next big thing in electric cars mm-hmm. they should support uh the startups which are kind of focusing on these uh electric car technologies or electric bikes for that matter you know like yeah. small 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 scale electric vehicles and the the only thing i've i've heard people complain about in united states is the lack of charging stations so hmm. there's let's say if you want to travel uh 200 kilometers or 300 kilometers and your battery only takes you to like 100 kilometers then you'll have to recharge your car or your bike or whatever it is mm-hmm. after 100 kilometers <clears throat> so people are saying that charging the car takes like a long time which i agree and the second thing is we don't have as many charging stations as we should so india should definitely work on that infrastructure or uh, charging infrastructure and basically you know a uh, way to develop uh, electronic electric vehicles evs i'm sorry not electronic electric vehicles yeah uh yeah so that's 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 one thing everybody should focus on and that's the thing you know uh in india it's like getting a degree is so important but what are you yeah. going to do with that degree 
you know what you, you got an aeronautics degree but what are you going to do with it like do something which contributes to a society like mm-hmm. i really i really see so you started your own thing mm-hmm. distributing knowledge uh which is which is a great thing because you're you're not just and, and the thing is the way you're working right now is that you you have a mainstream job mm-hmm. which is going to help you sustain financially yeah and you are still you know um focusing on your goal spreading knowledge and the thing is you're talking to a bunch of people every single every single week and you are getting that knowledge too yeah exactly so now let's say right now i'm talking to you i'm pretty sure that we are going to do this again hopefully yeah yeah yeah, probably like after a year or something and Mm -hmm. then i'm gonna see you're gonna be a complete different person you're gonna be way more knowledgeable than you know like you are right now the same Mm -hmm. goes with me yeah after a year you know or anybody for that matter you know when you talk to people when you engage you don't want to be stagnant and compare it to the other people who kind of opposed you in your debate (laughs) they're going to be working that nine to five and not getting any knowledge and after a year if you meet them after like five years they're going to be still the same person and i refuse to do it yeah exactly we have to keep on growing we have we have to uh put ourselves out of our comfort zone uh, for example, I could have, I have a well-paying job. I have almost everything that I need. Like I could have, I could just go out and party every Saturday night, but I chose not to do that. I, I believe that what we do on the weekends matter. So I have, oh, yeah, weekends are important. yeah, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking up your Saturday night, I guess. Oh, I'm fine. No, no problem. I was actually free. I had spared like a couple hours of time. I was like, I'm fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So uh, that's the thing, right? What we do on the weekends and uh, after work matters. So that's what, that's what like, uh, that's what shows people like really who we are. It's uh, very easy to go out and party all the time. I- I'm not saying parties, partying is a bad thing or something. Yeah, and I do it time to time. You need that break once yeah. in a while. Don't make it like everyday thing. Oh, it's Saturday. We've got to go out and party. No, dude, you don't. Yeah, you know and- what you want. The reason we yeah, talked exactly. about, I think, I think you've seen that uh, there. I talked a lot about uh, our own definition of happiness, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so, we should know what gives us happiness and do that. Like for some yeah. people, it might be partying, uh, going to a yeah. pub or something. But yeah. I, I don't want to do that. I just want to sit back and uh, go to a cafe and work on something. Exactly. On, yeah. Right? Yeah. Why? Why, why not give yourself knowledge? No, I, I, I completely get it if you want to party and things like that after you got what you needed, like, you know, you've got a well-paying job, you're stable in your life. And then you think that you want to retire. So think about this. Um, my dad kind of had a stable income after he was like 25, 27 years old or whatever, right? I'm going to have a stable. So I'm still studying. I'm 25 and I'm still studying. I'll probably have a job in the next six months or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a stable income after 25 years but think about the people who are actually trading and involved in this blockchain technology and things like that from 15 years of age right yeah. so my dad is going to retire at 60 but i personally think that i should retire at 40 you know mm. i'm going to retire at 40 i'm going to have a source of income then i really believe and i really really hope that i'm able to do it then mm. i'm going to go back to india and make it a better place you know yeah. this just go yeah. to a rural uh area in india and teach kids some rocket science you know yeah. like hey why don't we eh, and and amir khan is my inspiration you know what he did in three idiots like at the mm. end of the day 
it actually matters. I'm not going to be as huge as he is going to be. I'm still going to be just a normal person. But whatever I learned Who from knows? going across the world. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, that too. But yeah, like, whatever I've learned from going across the world, meeting different people, I'm going to pass it on to people, you know, like yeah. and my own people. I don't want to retire in the United States. No, I want to go back to India because that's the country where I come from and that's the country I belong to. So I think I, I owe it to that country and I'm just going to give it back to that mm -hmm. those people. So I'm going to retire at 40. But think about if I started making money what I'm making right now when I was 15. Then I think I can retire 30 years of age. You know, exactly. like at 30 years, you can retire. And after you can go out on any pub you want to party like a fucking maniac and mm -hmm. nobody's going to say nothing to you because you've got money to do it. Exactly. And we should all uh, know that we are running our own race and yeah. uh, we should not uh, run the race that the society has shown us. Like, Yeah, very true. Very true. Very yeah, true. yeah. Don't, don't, don't oblige by uh, the rules and regulations which society has created. You know, mm -hmm. like don't do this, don't do that. No, I am gonna do this, dude. I am gonna do that. Because why? I, I might fall. You know, I might not succeed. You are hundred percent right. I might not succeed. You know, but I really feel like doing it, and I am going to do it. Yeah. At the end I, of the day, even if I don't succeed, I've got my own satisfaction that I did it. I took it on. You do play guitar, right? I do actually, uh, but I'm not a pro or anything, but yeah, I do when I'm like, kind of don't have anything to do. I've got an acoustic here. It's, it's I had an electric guitar, mm -hmm. but yeah, but I got this little baby. Hey, awesome. Yeah, Which one is it? Uh, this is actually a gift. Uh, a friend of mine made it for me. Whoa, um, it's a handmade. Yeah, like, whoa, yeah it's handmade. It, it looks it like a classical guitar. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, so it doesn't have any he's a classical guitar i guess yeah but yeah he he made it for me and he gave so the, so here's the thing i started working at a place and uh i kind of you know there's this guy his name is john shout out to john i'm pretty sure he's gonna watch this uh, <laughs> yeah hey john so, what's up <laughs> yeah he, he's an amazing dude i got I, I got to learn a lot of things about uh united states from him uh yeah so he he just walked up to me one day and, you know, he was like, so yeah, dude, what do you do in your free time? So it's like third day of me work, starting to work there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like just the third day of me on that job. And he was like, so what do you do in your free times? And I was like, I used to play guitar, but carrying a guitar from India to United States was a task, you know, so I couldn't get my guitar. I'm fine to get a new guitar, but I don't know, you know, right now I really want to save up. I barely got this job. So I want to save up and, you know, get and then spend some money on a uh, guitar or something. Mm -hmm. So he was like, all right. And next day he just walks into the office with this guitar and he was like, hey, Cash, that's for you. And I was like, no way. And he was like, Ooh. dude, it's for you to keep, you know? Nobody who loves guitar should stay without a guitar. And he gave it to me. Wow, so, he and, seems and, like and a this, really nice person, dude. Like, oh yeah, oh he is. He he got, he he made this thing and he he played this thing for like almost three or four years or something. And then this is his personal guitar and he just gave it to me. And you never see that happen. But wow. yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> personally speaking, I wouldn't give my guitar to anyone. Like oh yeah. That. Oh yeah. Me neither. Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, brings me back to that friendliness point of United States people. He's from Mexico. I mean, he, he's born and raised in the United States, hmm. but he belongs to a Mexican family. Mexicans are great. 
uh, I think they're just like Indians. They love spicy food. They're laid back and I love Mexican food. I had quesadilla last uh, yesterday for lunch. And yeah, I awesome. often order burrito and uh, tacos. Burritos and tacos and things I like that. I love Mexican yeah. food. Yeah, they're they're awesome. I'm 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 learning Spanish. Like I'm like twenty percent there. Oh, yeah. Oh, when I when I moved cool. to when I moved to Bangalore, like I I had to learn Canada. I was like mm-hmm. I need to learn it. So I learned it. I could read and write Canada and everything. Hey, that's awesome. I know, right? So yeah, and I'm learning Spanish now. Uh, getting a hang of it. So I let, yeah, shout out to my Mexican people too. I'm pretty sure like I'm going to put the link out there. There's a bunch of people from my office and everybody is going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's the thing. And also you, lot, you rap. I used to rap, man. It's like um, when I graduated, <clears throat> when I, when I was doing those job nine to fives in Amazon and that company and things like that, hmm. I loved them. It wasn't, you know, I never do something uh, which, you know, gets me bored or anything. Like if it's not interesting, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to quit. I started working for Baiju's. Uh, I'm not, no, no. Dude, I worked for Baiju's. Oh, you did? For first one and a half year, a half months, yeah. I worked at my just then I it, got the into same Deloitte. Thing, dude. I worked there for like three months. Uh, I got into that thing. One month was a training shit. I worked there for like a month, and I was like, dude, you know what? They're paying. They're paying good. You would know. You they're yeah. paying fucking good. But I was like, dude, you know what? This is just not the thing for me. I didn't even have any other job or anything. I quit right up. And I was like, dude, you know, this is not a thing I'm gonna do. Uh, but, so, so yeah. I have a random question, dude. Like, did yeah. you ever face racism in US? Uh that's that's very interesting. And uh honestly, I wanna say no. Mm-hmm. Uh but race have I been so there is a fine line on like racially abused or racially profiled. Mm-hmm. Uh and people can actually make so 100%, 100%, you are going to feel that you are an outsider. Hmm. Like if you if you go to some place and, you know, there's a bunch of um, Caucasian people like Americans and Black people too, or Hispanics, you will definitely feel that, uh, you know, you are a different person. Even though they don't intend to do that, uh, you will feel it for sure, for sure. And apart from that, I don't think I've ever been, you know, I've so I've never been told me like, hey, you are a brown person and you don't belong here. Nobody has ever said that to me, or you okay. know, nobody has ever said anything even similar to that. And I've never seen anybody say that to a black person or a brown person who who is from Mexico or any other uh, South American country. People of color in general. Yeah, people of color in general. So I've never felt that, but I do. I have. I have met a bunch of people who are against uh, people migrating and staying into United States. They believe that you guys come here, no problem. You study, no problem. But just go back to your country at the end of the day. Because they're going to steal the job. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like they, they really think. And and uh, uh, the company I used to work for, the the first company of mine. The CEO, not CEO, CTO, the chief technology officer, uh, that guy uh, was from the United States and he put it, put a post on LinkedIn just a couple of months ago or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
the most earning uh, race in America is Indian Americans. Indian Americans are making more money than anybody else in the United States, like including the people who were completely born and raised in the United States, like people who are, you know, are Native Americans, mm-hmm. they make less money than Indian Americans. Oh. So, so, so it's out there. They know that Indians are making a lot of money, you know, that yeah. they're stealing the job. But they also should know that we are paying the highest taxes to California, especially is completely fucked up state when it comes to taxes yeah you know, i've heard a lot about people uh moving away from california and los california. angeles and moving to different yeah. states yeah. uh especially florida yeah uh florida and texas and los angeles metro is should be you know a public transport to go to but it is filled with a lot of people a lot of homeless people who make it impossible to let you uh you know commute in that public transport they're just smoking and drinking and they're ah, you know yeah. calling girls and things like that mm-hmm. la metro is worse like you cannot travel in public transport in los angeles that's it's it's just not there you know you, it's just, it's just if you are i was with um you know it's it's like i was with a girl and that thing was so bad like she felt so uncomfortable like people are just looking at her and you know there are people who really want to engage with you and things like that <laughs> it's, it's bad it's it's just bad like it's it's really not safe for a girl to travel in metro and i would say it's true for another guy too you know you you can get robbed completely okay So so Los Angeles is experiencing its fall people are moving away from him Elon Musk moved from Los Angeles to Texas mm-hmm. uh uh he moved to Boca Chica mm-hmm. uh, uh to uh what do you call it to build the starship great okay. great concept by yeah, the way yeah. uh, uh Joe Rogan uh was another one of the people who were paying extreme amount of taxes he moved mm-hmm. to Texas to he he's in Austin I guess wow. so Yeah, Los Angeles is having a downfall. But I so I stay in Long Beach, <laughs> which is which is in Los Angeles County, but it's like kind of 10 minutes away from Los Angeles. This city okay. is beautiful. Long Beach is beautiful. I stay like 10 minutes walk from a beach and everybody is awesome. well-mannered. I know everybody is well-mannered, well-behaved, educated, respect <clears throat> people. Everything's great, but Los Angeles as a city is falling apart. yeah like where we stay uh, matters actually I, i uh by listening to what you just said i think indian mm-hmm. metros are way better than oh, way us better. metros because i have also heard stories about new york metros like people taking shit in the metro like literally taking shit in the metro yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. i think yeah, indian metros are way better taking shit everything yeah uh, i have a friend uh who stays in new york uh she stays in manhattan right now and uh, yeah she explains it to me it's it's so hard it's like she she told me about this girl uh who is from iran and she's a ex- very pretty girl you know so when she goes in the metro she literally smokes two blunts of weed two two a couple of blunts of weed before she steps in the metro because she says that uh, if if she's sober in the metro she's okay. going to cry because she won't be able to take what these people are doing to her shit yeah, like that is bad that it's, i know she said that it's so common that somebody touches me or somebody cat calls me somebody just staring at me checking me out and things like that and place like new york especially manhattan uh when i went there and i drove around you don't have parking spaces nobody owns the car in metro uh, i mean in new york 
So everybody has to be dependent on public transport. And mm. if public transport's so bad, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, so is New York sad. is, yeah, but, but the, the thing is New York Police Department, the NYPD, they are really strict and they are everywhere on all the metro stations and things like that. But mm. anytime a police officer, you know, kind of is not around, people are going to take their chance and kind of, you know, uh, abuse mm. you physically or verbally. It's not, yeah, the real yeah. life is not as uh, so that, uh, flashy. Those are the dark sides, yeah. Those yeah. are the dark sides of United States, you know. It's it's not all bling bling and rainbows in here too. Sunshine like and here, rainbows here, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it, and Hollywood, okay. So here's the thing, reality hit, okay. You, when I came to Los Angeles, everybody, I was so, you know, I was like, I'm in dreamland, you know. Uh, mm. You come to Los Angeles, you, 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 and the thing is when I uh, landed at Los Angeles airport, mm-hmm. uh, I go out of the terminal and I was waiting for a guy who was picking me up mm-hmm. and I saw four Rolls Royce Cullinan just standing there with the same license plate. And apparently some celebrity was being picked up mm-hmm. and seeing four Rolls Royce Cullinans like in real life, I was mind blown. I was like, damn, these are, I, it really felt like, you know, a fantasy land. Yeah. And being in Los Angeles, I really wanted to go to Hollywood. It's like, mm. uh, for people who don't know, Hollywood is actually an area. Mm. Like in, we call Mumbai Bollywood, but yeah. Bollywood is not actually an area, you know. Like but yeah, just, Hollywood is actually. Hollywood is actually an area like, you know, Raja Jinagar or Vijayanagar. Yeah. It's actually a place called Hollywood. And there's a place called Hollywood Boulevard. It's a stretch of road, which has all the stars on it. The Walk of Fame. Walk of Fame. Yeah, so it's called Hollywood Boulevard and you can see the Hollywood sign from it and things like that. But anybody who has actually walked on that boulevard knows the dark side of it. So you'll see a star of Michael Jackson, Snoop Dogg, Eminem. And right next to it, you'll see a homeless person taking a piss or homeless person who is smelling bad who is just, you know, trying to beg you money and things like that. He's like, hey, you got some spare change, things like that. So Hollywood Boulevard is an, on one side a really great thing, but on the other side, it's the home to the most homeless people in Los Angeles. Everybody Shit. just thinks it's, like, it's bad. I am a huge Michael Jackson fan. Uh, because, yeah, it's because of yeah. Michael Jackson, I uh, got interested in music and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I was still in high school when I uh, ate standard or something, seventh or eighth standard. I was in like seventh standard when Michael Jackson passed away, 2009. Okay. Right. So uh, yeah, from then, uh, from then I just watched these videos on, uh, on television and uh, I was totally mind blown by his talent dancing oh, singing, yeah, everything so i started researching about him i went to internet cafe where he lived what's there mm-hmm. then i got to know about uh, los angeles uh, hollywood and hollywood Bollywood and the star the walk of fame star it's actually yeah. a dream of mine to come there and take a picture with michael jackson's walk of fame star michael, yeah, yeah for it, sure, it's dude. my dream since since i was like 16 or 15 or something it, it so, is indeed a really goosebump giving moment, you know, when you're actually there, you know, people be like, hey, you know, uh, what are you being a child? But no, you know, I'm an adult, I'm 25 years old, but I, when I still see those things, it kind of, you know, give me, gives me goosebumps. You're like, wow, this is awesome, you know? Does, so, does, yeah, it, does it Benedict Cumberbatch have a star? I'm not 100% sure. There's, there's I don't think so. Stars. Paul Rudd has a star. Uh, everybody has a star almost. Like yeah, and, uh, and the thing is, it's 
you gotta pay money actually. Oh. To, yeah, you gotta pay, I guess, fifty thousand dollars every year to for the maintenance of the star. Uh, Shit, so, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's like you're not getting a star because you're famous. You can actually buy a star on wow. Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. So that they can't. I mean, not. I think they do that. Uh, that check that you are actually a celebrity mm-hmm. and in Hollywood or somewhere associated with Hollywood. And then you can apply for a star. You can get a star and you got to pay some annual fees to have that star. So that's hey, what dude, I thought it was people... like an honor. Like I thought they are oh, giving no. it to you. No, 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 no. They, they you've got to buy it. So uh, I think 50 cent was talking about this thing that they've got to pay $50,000 in maintenance fees. So mm-hmm. Donald Trump had to, you know, he kind of had a star and a lot of people came and destroyed it. So they had to <laughs> have the star there, things like that happen. So yeah, you, you've got to pay money to, to have that star there every year. Yes. And I think people who have passed away, I think they still making that money in royalties and things like that. So the trust, the people who are managing that trust kind of pays the money mm-hmm. to keep the star on Hollywood Boulevard. What if Part- they don't pay? They just remove the star? I think that, uh, I suppose, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that people who have this legacy, like Michael Jackson, you know, like if they take yeah. off uh, their star, his star, then the Hollywood Boulevard is going to lose his name, you know? It's it's, it's not going to be the same anymore. So I think I think for the people who have that great legacy would still have that star, even if they don't pay for it. Mm-hmm. But the other, there are thousands of stars. Like if the whole road is, I guess, uh, one and a half kilometers or something. Mm-hmm. And every, like, you know, uh, what do you call it? There are like three or four tiles in one row and like there are like two to three stars in one row. Mm-hmm. There are like thousands of stars on the Hollywood Boulevard. So there's a bunch of people who have stars. Okay. I mean, yeah. I've seen it only on uh, TV or YouTube or somewhere. So you know the yeah. reality <laughs> very well. Oh yeah, and, and Hollywood Boulevard is nothing uh, what people expect from Hollywood Boulevard. There's a lot of homeless people going around there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who would pose, you know, as Spider-Man and Wonder Woman and things like that. They would be like, hey, do you want to take a picture? And if you take a picture, you got to pay them $5 and $10 and things like that. So there are a lot of scams going on too. It's not just India. It, it happens here too. Friend of mine, Vaishnavi, she was my classmate uh, in ACS. She has told me a lot of stories about Paris and how people, you know, scam people in Paris. She was in yeah. France. Yeah, she's moved to Thailand now. But I yeah. met a few friends in uh, who live in Paris. Uh, mm-hmm. I met okay. this YouTuber called Mayang Sega. Uh, mm-hmm. he's a great YouTuber. He has like 12k subs as of now. Uh, oh, wow. and, uh, there's one more guy called Vikram and one more guy called Joshua. So I'm actually mm-hmm. interviewing Joshua next weekend. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I have heard that like in uh, the thing with France is like, people are not, not that accepting of people of other culture, yeah. like yeah. Germany. Uh, yeah. so he told me that if you're coming to France, your only friends will be expats because French people don't mingle that easily with other people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing with France. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think that was one of the reasons why I chose United States because it's really diverse. Mm. Uh, people are immigrants here. They know what value us immigrants bring to the society and they are more welcoming than the other countries. I mean, I'm, I've not been there. I cannot comment on that thing, but mm-hmm. that's something what I've believed. And, you know, they're more, at least 
more welcoming than the other countries. That's, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. That's why I chose the United States. Yeah, and and so far so good. It's it's not been bad. Every place has you know pros and cons. There are mm-hmm. goods and bads. Uh, but I think the goods of, at least speaking from a Californian person's perspective, uh, goods far way you know far outweigh the bads. Bad. Like, yeah. They they they're, it's it's worth coming here. It's you're gonna make a lot of money. Honestly, you know if so. I'm I'm here on a student loan. Mm-hmm. The journey has not been easy, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked my ass off. Uh, I was balancing between study, work. I worked 12 hours, 13 hours a day, uh, apart from studying, taking those regular classes and things like that. But uh, so, you know, even if you are taking a student loan, you're going to get plenty of opportunities and you'll pay it off in no time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I, I paid off a chunk of my student loan. I didn't use it basically at all. Uh, because I was making good money that I was able to sustain my living and pay my tuition fees and everything. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make a lot of money if you come to the United States and anybody, you know, if they want any guidance with the process or how to get started Mm -hmm. uh, in applying to universities and coming to the United States, I'll help you guys out in any way I could. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. One last question I had, sir. Uh, it's about uh, it's about the podcast. What's your mm-hmm. own definition of success? What's making it? Yeah, uh, yeah, making. So here's the thing, you know. If I just want you to not regret anything, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want you to have a bunch of money. I don't want myself, you know. Talk. I'm just gonna talk about myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't want myself to have a lot of money, but if I look back. Uh, especially if I'm 50 years old and if I look back on my life, I should not regret anything. And I want my parents to be happy. I want people who I love to be happy and with me. And at the end of the day, I should be able to contribute something towards the society, you know, part of my knowledge or anything like that. Uh, So that, you know, it should help the other person become a better person in life so yeah that's the thing sharing my knowledge that is awesome this is like the longest podcast i've recorded two and a half (laughs) hours i guess but it was totally worth it man such a fun conversation yeah it was awesome man i really wanted something to you know just just put out there Mm -hmm. thank you for giving me this opportunity and yeah thanks for coming man it was great like to have i think we should do it uh, again sometime so yeah for sure hey, actually yeah, we yeah. should get some of our friends who are like-minded and do it exactly. together right yeah 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 that'd that be, would be more that'd fun. Be really fun yeah yeah for sure yeah we'll do that we'll right. that we'll plan that out actually yeah for sure yeah uh yeah if i mean you know just 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 putting it out there uh there's there are a couple of friends of mine uh who are doing great in aerospace uh industry and they are from different countries um I would definitely, you know, ask them and suggest their, or probably refer, pass pass out their contact information if you yeah. want to have them as guests on this podcast. Yeah, too. yeah, I, I'd love, yeah. I'd love to have it. I mean, yeah. where can people get in touch with you if they uh, want to talk to you about something? How they can uh, contact you? I'm really uh, active on Instagram and LinkedIn. I don't use Facebook anymore. I used to uh but <laughs> and yeah, it becomes metaverse yeah yeah i know 
Exactly. <laughs> I, I really hope that we don't go down that path that we have to transform everything into virtual reality. Mm-hmm. But if it comes down to that, I'll be welcoming of that too. So yeah, I'll put you on LinkedIn and yeah, yeah, LinkedIn Instagram and Instagram in yeah. the episode note. And of awesome. course, I'll be sharing this on Instagram a lot because awesome. we have yeah. a lot of content to share now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's shareable. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Thanks awesome, a lot for man. doing this. Hey, if you have enjoyed this conversation, make sure you follow this podcast on this platform and you share this episode with your friends and family. uh because truly that would mean the world to me uh thanks a lot again for listening and stay tuned for upcoming episodes see ya